<laughs> 17 minutes past six here on the sport. Jack was and uh, the Oracle. Uh, 25 gorgeous degrees outside. Beautiful. Uh, it's great. Um, if you want to catch up on any of our interviews, at T-Sport 991. Or a lot of people um, get us on our podcast. So you can get yeah. there. Um, wherever you get Jump your podcast. Jump on and have a listen. Yes, the sport podcast. We're getting the stars on. We do. And our next guest, uh, well, it well, couldn't be bigger. Seriously, goat. like I'm, I'm, the greatest yeah. of all time in the jockey department, yep. for, you know, probably in the world. Yep. Uh, and and it's our honour to say good evening to Damien Oliver. G'day, Ollie. G'day, guys. How are you going? We're good, fantastic. Mate. How are you feeling And um, well, after today's racing uh, at uh, Bendigo and also for next Tuesday's Melbourne Cup? Yeah, it was a pretty quiet day for today. Just had one up at Bendigo, so a long drive for one ride. But um, I'm really looking forward to Cup Week next week. Uh, I've got some good rides, so it's an exciting week and it's going to be great to have people back on track. Yeah, Ollie, well, it was here. You've got to get down in the weight again. It's probably not your favourite thing to do uh, at this part of your career. Um, how, how's the body feeling? Yeah, not too bad, actually. Yeah, I've been, um, you know, pretty fit at this time of year. been busy working. So, um, yeah, the weight reduction's probably not something you look forward to, but it's sort of part of the job. And um, you kind of get to know what you have to do to do it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those... It's that time of year we got to make the sacrifices to get the results. So hopefully it's worthwhile for us. Well, just on that, Damien, you, I mean, you are in the conversation for the GOAT of jockeys and very successful, well-paid, well-looked after in that area. I mean, all the trimmings that goes along with success, like going out and having the great meals and, and, and drinking and after, celebrating after win, do you get to have some of that at some stage or do you miss that all year round? Oh, no, you certainly get to enjoy it. I, I sort of once or twice a week, I, I try to call in my eating or <clears throat> eating or spoil days, if you like. And uh, but obviously, Cup Week will be a bit different because it's um, you know four big days of the week. So you know, I, at, at the end of the day, I'll still have a nice meal um, whenever I ride or or whatever. But I'll be a bit stricter leading into the Cup, having to ride a bit lighter than normal. But uh, you always got to try and treat yourself after after the races, and um, you know you can. You can manage it if you've got something to look forward to at the end of the day, I find. Now, you've got, uh, you're sticking with Delphi for the Cup, but you've also had a little bit of word to Dennis Pagan, who we had on the show about his horse. Um, can you tell us sort of your reasons behind sort of backing in his horse to get on and, and how you feel about Delphi as well? Yeah, well, I'll touch on Delphi first. He um, he won the Herbert Power, the lead-up to the Caulfield Cup, really well, and uh, we thought he'd run really well in the Caulfield Cup, but we're not sure whether it was the week backing up within a week of his um, Herbert Power win or the wet track or a combination. So we've just hopefully got to forgive him for that one bad run and then see if he can reproduce his, court, his Herbert Power run in the court, in the court, in the Melbourne Cup. Sorry. So if he does that, you know, he's going to be a chance. And... Um, and with Dennis Pagan's horse, uh, Johnny Get Angry, he asked me to gallop him for him on the Flemington course proper on Tuesday just to get a second opinion of how he was going because his form hasn't been, you know, up to scratch what he would have hoped this time around. But um, I worked him and the horse worked well. He felt he felt fine. He's, um, you know, he's no no injuries there and he's um, no concerns with, um, you know, the way he felt to me. And I just felt that Dennis 
and his horse had earned the right to be in the in the Melbourne Cup by winning the Derby last year. It's a dream for him to, to have a runner in the Melbourne Cup. And I thought, you know, what, who's to take that away from him? Because, um, you know, Dennis has been great for, for racing. He's obviously an iconic figure in, in AFL. And um, he's really embraced racing. And I think racing's embraced him too. It was one of the stories of the carnival last year. So, you know, even though the horse is probably not in his career best form, he does have a good record at Flemington. And I felt that he earned the right to, to run in the race. Just on that, why, why do horses and sometimes really good horses come back and, and just not perform up to that standard? I mean, obviously they're trained to the to the minute. How come that happens? And it happens a fair bit. Yeah, it's, look, it's, they can't talk to us, so they can't tell us, unfortunately. Sometimes it can be an underlying injury. Sometimes they just don't come up. For what reason, you don't know. Um, and other times, you know, maybe the form could be a little bit suspect from their previous campaign. But, um, you know, he, he felt and looks great to me. Um, and, um, you know, maybe Geelong track just didn't suit him last time. He had a lot of gear on him in blinkers and crossover nosebands and tongue ties. So he's taken all that off. And sometimes when you put so much gear on a horse, it can just... You know, he can annoy them and, and maybe he didn't do his best with, with all that gear on. So, you know, as I said, when I, I worked him the other morning, there, he didn't give me a reason why he shouldn't run him. So I felt that, you know, why not why not have a crack for Dennis? I've got, got a question here for you. I'm not much of a uh, punter, Ollie, but um, I've often seen the, the Melbourne Cup jockeys will then ride another race after the Melbourne Cup. Has that happened to you? It has, actually. When I won on Fiorento, I actually won the next race um, after it. I've got to say, it was a bit of a blur, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's quite odd because your head's still spinning after the Melbourne Cup, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's sort of like you win the Premiership and you need to celebrate, but oh, hang on, I've got another job to do. It's um, a very interesting <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, it certainly is. It's pretty weird. Um, and as I said, you're um, still on cloud nine after after winning the cup. So, uh, but you know, only one jockey wins it. So, you know, there's, um, there's something like 40 races for the cup week or something. And, you know, I'll ride in probably 30 out of them. So it'll be a busy week for us. Yeah, it's massive. Now, Ollie, do you enjoy the entertainment of it all and what it brings to the average sort of, sort of punter? And do you enjoy that? probably enjoyed it a little bit more in my younger days. <laughs> um, don't get quite involved in the um, activities as much these days as I used to, but uh, it's great to have a big crowd there and, you know, I think any sport, and as we've seen with, with AFL, it's not quite the same without a crowd and, and racing's pretty similar as well, so it's just, it's great to have uh, crowds there and we're really looking forward to having him back this week. So you've noticed it, like, I'm obviously there's no noise and everything, but did you, so you prefer the crowds there, or did you, so have you sort of liked it the last sort of 18 months that sort of a bit quieter and everything when, uh, you know, all the fanfare and stuff um, without the crowd, or have you... Yeah, I, I, you're probably right there. At first, I thought, kind of didn't mind not having the crowd. You didn't have to interact with the owners and that. And sometimes if you've got eight rides on a day, you're, you're interacting with, you know, dozens and dozens of owners during the week. And it can be, uh, during the race meet, it can be quite draining. So that's something we haven't had to... Um, haven't had to do over the COVID period, but as far as having the crowd there and, and the interaction, I mean, and even the owners for that matter, um, you know, they're the, 
better participants that fuel the industry, whether it be through the punting dollar or excuse me, or, or owning the horses. So they're a really important cog of the industry, and um, you know it, it won't survive without. We can't survive without them. So you know it'll be great to have them both on back on track when we can. With everyone back there, Ollie, what's the um the is it a consultation process between yourself? the trainer and the owner as to how the horse gets ridden. Who has the most say in that? Uh, yeah, some have more than others, whether that be owners or trainers or jockeys. Um, but, you know, the trainer and jockey will generally discuss it and, um, you know, you'll, you'll come... You come to terms and how you think the best way to ride the horse. Some trainers just totally leave it to the jockey. Um, some owners like to get more involved than others, um, and, and some just leave it to the trainer and jockey. So it varies, varies a lot. What input do you like to have? Do you prefer to have a say in how you think you want to ride the horse? I kind of think that the jockeys are the ones that are riding all the time and a little bit more... Um, up to speed with how the race is going to run, where the trainer's probably more focused on actually training the horse. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the jockeys probably generally have a better understanding of, of the best way to ride the horse, but it's, it, it is always good to get a bit of feedback from the trainer about the horse as well. Mm. Ollie, how do you feel about the GOAT conversation and that you'd be uh, probably up there as number one? How does that sort of sit with you? Um, yeah, I've been, I must say I've been called a lot worse, so um, <laughs> it's probably not a bad thing. I'll take it if people want to call me it. <laughs> Oh, I think you're up there, mate. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, definitely. No, no doubt. Um, you mentioned the weather when it comes to Delphi and um, how uh, could have played a part in the Caulfield Cup. With it being very hot, uh, predicted on Tuesday, say nearly 30, does that play a part in it as well? It could do, yeah, because some, some horses do actually melt, if you know what I mean. They sweat a lot and just don't handle the heat, and particularly early in the season when we haven't had many hot days at all. So, yeah, it'll be important to watch the horses on the day to see how they're coping with it. And how early um, can you tell if a horse is off? Like, is it the mountain yard or is it, you know, during the day before? I mean, how, how early can, can sort of you tell? Um, yeah, generally if they're losing the plot in the mounting yard, it's not a good sign. Um, but generally the trainers leading up to the, the race, they'll, they'll pull the blood of the horse to check that um, they're fit and healthy and um, that, you know, everything's good leading into the race. So, Ollie, it's uh, Cup Day. You're at the, about the 1,200. Uh, you're sitting three back and one outside. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good if I'm going all right. <laughs> <laughs> will you know? Will you know at the twelve hundred? Would you? Would you know that? Yeah, I've got some juice here and I'm, I'm, I'm looking good. You got a bit of an idea at the twelve hundred. Probably getting more down towards the eight or six hundred. You've got a, a, a clearer picture by then because that's when the ones that aren't going to run the distance are starting to uh, fall in a heap, and the ones that are going good um, are starting to move into the race really well. Now, um, Sam Friedman earlier said that uh, Delphi should run well, if, given that uh, if we can forgive last run, and he's given us something on Saturday maybe to get some cash up for the big day on Tuesday. You got something on Saturday that you like? Yeah, um, I've got some good rides. I wouldn't say pinpoint one, but most of my rides are good chances. Um, but they're tough, tougher races too. Collette's going well. Um, Superstorm. They're probably a couple of better ones that I can think of, and Khalili's got a good chance in an open race probably too in the Coolmore. 
And, and your research on those races, are you, are you doing that already about sort of where, where am I going to sit? Who, who else is in the race? Do I follow at this point? I know that one's going to lead. Do I, where do I sit? You, you're doing that already or waiting for barriers and things like that? No, the barriers, yeah, the fields are out now, but I probably won't sit down until tomorrow and Friday and have a, a, a good look at it. I don't like worrying about it too far out. Yeah, well, when you're the best, mate, you don't have yeah, to. exactly right. <laughs> Catching you. Um, now, which is, uh, it's silly, maybe a silly question, but you, you've won three Melbourne Cups. Um, is it hard, is Media Puzzle your favourite because of the sort of the, you know, the story behind it, or is it yeah, the other two are just as good? They're all great for different reasons. Obviously, Media Puzzle was the most emotional one, but yeah. it was um, it's a pretty sad time for me losing yeah. my brother. So it, it's, it's definitely most memorable, but certainly one I couldn't enjoy at all. But um, uh, and the other two, obviously, Duran was winning my first one, really got my career going. And um, Fiorente was great too, um, riding it for Gay Waterhouse, of course. So they're all they're all great. Um, but, yeah, you're probably right that, that the Media Puzzle one is certainly the most memorable, but um, it's a bit bittersweet as well, obviously, losing my brother. Mm. And then Doremus um, just <laughs> losing. It was the 96 that lost the, Caulfield, uh, the Melbourne Cup by, like, 10 centimetres to Martin Power, or was that the year after? Um, We've got you on the spot. I think it actually was 97. Yeah, he yeah. lost the I didn't ride him. Greg Hall rode him in his oh. Went down in a photo, yeah. That was, yeah. that was a crazy finish, that one. How long you got left in you, Ollie? I'm just taking it year by year, guys. I'm yeah. not looking too far ahead. Um, I've sort of been saying that for the last five years, but, um, you know, kind of as long as I'm enjoying it and feeling okay and getting, re- and getting reasonable opportunities, that'll keep me going. But... Um, I'm in the home straight, probably, you might say. Ah, nice. It's been a a great journey, mate. Probably 30 or 35 years of my life watching you go around. So, yeah, it's been a great journey. Amazing, amazing. Hey, look, Ollie, we'll leave it there, buddy, but uh, it's been fantastic uh, to chat to you. Such an honour. And, uh, yeah, good luck for uh, Tuesday and the week um, of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ollie. Good luck, mate. There we go. Thank you. Damien Oliver. Superstar. Let's just, yeah, superstar. So he's won the Scobie Beasley medal, which is sort of like the best jockey. Yes, the Brownlow. The Brownlow of jockeys. 11 times. <laughs> well, I, think that, <laughs> I think that qualifies him as. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, at, at the moment, there's a, there's a large group of jockeys that are right up there. Yeah, well, um, we spoke, we've spoken yeah. to two of them in the so, last two weeks. Um, you know, you could handpick any of those to ride your winner. Yeah. He had a break though, didn't he? Like he's, it was 10 years but between 04 and 2014. Yep. And then oh, the others just, are in series. I wonder what happened in that one 10 years. One last year. One, that's how, you know, as a, you know, sort of, how old is he? He's 49. So, you know, he's one of the late 40s, you know, just still incredible. All these gun, yep. young jockeys that are coming through, you know, right. James, um, James Carr. And, I just love how they can ride a horse and just know straight away, oh, hang on. And, and they do, they know, oh, there's something wrong with the left leg. Yeah. Uh, it didn't balance right, so there's something not quite right here. Or, yeah. You know, it didn't do this, so they pick it up so well. So well. Oh, they're amazing. They're yeah. amazing athletes. And look, this is the thing, they go around oh, all year, like they, literally all year. There are a lot of stories that we just can't oh, get into on radio <laughs> when it comes to jockey to land. <laughs> no, but chat about that. Well, yeah. Cardi, yeah. do you reckon he was being chauffeured or is he driving? Uh, no, I reckon he would have nah, worked. He's gone up for a, gone up for one ride. I reckon yeah. he's just driven up. And yeah, what sort of car do you reckon uh, Damien Oliver would have? Alexis, the, the latest. 
Yeah. 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 You'd have a Lexus Melbourne Cup Lexus. I might go for the Land Cruiser. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Probably. That big, way you can tow. A big car. You know, small, small man's yeah, syndrome. He'd probably have a big car. Then he can tow if he wants to. He might have horse floats. He wants to tow. He can have whatever he wants. 